0: What is up guys, I'm back with another episode and today I wanna get a little bit personal with you. I wanna share and go into detail about the type of training which I'm doing at the moment. Now if you've been following my social media on Instagram or Facebook, and you should be if you're not already, uh, but if you've been following along with what I've been posting, you can probably see that I'm doing things a little bit differently to what I have in the past when it comes to my actual training uh, for myself. So at the moment I I have a goal which I'm working towards And this means that I'm training exclusively with kettlebells. No dumbbells, no barbells, no sandbags, no balls, no bands, just kettlebells. So I've been using kettlebells on and off, but uh, I've been using them for over a decade. I've been using them for a very, very long time. But I've never actually taken the time to master them as a tool until now. I've understood the exercises, what they are. I have done some courses and further development on them so I can actually use them proficiently uh, as a coach and do them safely with my clients. But I've never actually gone deep down the rabbit hole to become an expert with them. And that's really what I'm doing at the moment. And for, for those of you who don't already know, the kettlebell, in essence, if you don't know what it is, it's basically a cannonball with a handle on the end of it. And these basically, these got popularized in the early 2000s by Pavel Satsulin. He's uh, basically the godfather of kettlebells and bringing them into the Western world. Um, But that's basically how they gained popularity over the last 20 years or so. So you see them in most commercial gyms now and it's actually a really tough tool to use. They're actually quite challenging. It's one of the things I really like about the kettlebell and training with them is that it requires a lot of skill. It's not a piece of equipment you can just muscle up or just use brute force to perform the exercise. That's uh, where a lot of people can injure themselves and just even having a look on social media, scrolling, you see people lifting kettlebells and their form just looks like shit. And it's because they've never really taken the time to master it, which is why I am now going down the rabbit hole and training exclusively with them so I can become an expert, a master of the kettlebell. So I wanna share something with you guys. If you want to build proficiency, so you can can relate this back to your own gym training, your business, your personal life, your self-development, whatever you want. But if you want to build proficiency, if you want to get good at something, you need to do two things. One, you have to commit and go all in. You put all the chips on the table and you push them into the pot and you say, I am going all in. There's no backing out. No backing out, no excuses, no deviations. This is my hand, and I've going all in on it, okay? That's number one. Number two, you need to practice the skill regularly. And that's been the biggest fault of mine. I've dabbled in kettlebells. I've done bits and pieces at certain phases of my training, um, but I've never actually used them wholeheartedly, exclusively, which is what I'm doing now, and it's fucking awesome. I'm actually really enjoying it. It's quite challenging. It's physically demanding, it requires a ton of focus and attention to detail, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm thoroughly enjoying the skill acquisition phase, which that basically means you're learning a new skill. So what I do wanna preface this is by saying if whenever you start something new, whenever you trial a new skill, a new hobby, a new whatever, most likely you're gonna suck at it. Okay, that's, that's just the way things are. If you've not ever done something before, you're gonna suck at it. As you do it over and over again, you become more proficient, you understand the nuances of it, and you practice it, you refine it, and you improve. And that's basically what's happening with me at the kettlebell at the moment. I've understood these exercises for a long time, and I've seen them, and I've admired them, but now I'm actually doing them. I've gone all in, and I've said, I actually wanna get really fucking good at this. So I'm taking the time, I'm investing my effort, my energy, my money, into actually improving this skill, this proficiency, all right? So if you want to become an expert at anything, you have to go deep. So I want you to imagine, imagine you're in your backyard and you're trying to dig for water. Instead of digging a 100 different holes, just pick one spot that you think there's water and go deep. Dig really deep. This is something which uh, I've talked about before, which is called the shiny object syndrome. This is where people kind of dabble and they put their finger in all of these different pies, is I'll do a little bit of this, I'll do a little bit of that, I'll try this training program for three days and then I'll jump over here to this one here and all this advertisement that piqued my interest and they kind of just jump around from program to program, diet to diet, and they never really end up gaining any traction. It's because you don't go deep enough you have to invest all of your time, all of your effort, and all of your focus into this one thing you want to improve upon. So when it comes to kettlebell training, what I'm understanding and what I'm learning is less is more. If you've used kettlebells before, you understand what I'm talking about here. With my kettlebell practice, with my training routine, I still train three days a week, Monday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Across those Three training days, I practice six movements, that's it. I trained, uh, the Wednesday just gone, my uh, my practice took me about 75 minutes. I trained this morning, I'm recording this on a Friday, I trained this morning, it took me about an hour, thereabouts, but these are the six exercises I'm working on, the snatch, which is basically where the kettlebell starts on the floor, you have one hand on the bell, you hike it, So you bring it up nice and high towards the groin, and then you punch it up and it finishes overhead. So a lot of these exercises are hip dominant, they're hip driven, okay? So there's not a lot of, you know, like I said, there's not a lot of muscling it up, there's no curling. You don't curl the fucking kettlebell for starters. Um, But there's no armour, there's no real, yeah, muscling it up is probably the best word to use. We're using the hips to generate enough momentum for the kettlebell to go from the ground back between the legs, and then finishing up overhead in one smooth motion. So that's one. Two is the two-handed swing. So this is where we're actually trying to project the kettlebell forwards. The kettlebell starts on the floor, you sit into a deep hip hinge, you hike the kettlebell as if to throw it back between your legs, and then you pop the hips through, squeeze the glutes aggressively, and the kettlebell should rise to roughly shoulder height. So this one here, it's not like the snatch where we want the bell to go up yet, we actually want to project it forwards. Then we have the single arm swing. Same sort of concept as the two-handed swing, except, as the name implies, you're doing it with one arm. So the free arm we kind of use as a whip to generate extra power. So one of the great things with kettlebells is it's awesome at ironing out muscular imbalances and deficiencies. So if, for example, you're right-handed, because the majority of the population is, if you're right-handed and you never work your left side or if you lift the weights based upon what your right is capable of and not the left there's going to be muscular imbalances the right side is always going to dominate and the left side is always going to play catch up so using a single arm or a single leg as you do a lot with the kettlebell, helps to bring those levels closer together so this is where it, it does there's a couple of things here it develops neuromuscular efficiency. It's a lot of it's a lot of big words there. Neuromuscular efficiency is where you can tell your brain to coordinate specific muscles to perform an action more efficiently. So if it's single arm swing, the right, you know, that kind of sets the standard for most people because they have a firmer grip and it just feels more fluid. The left side takes a little bit of time to feel as fluid. Initially it might feel a bit clunky, maybe the grip's a little bit weak or maybe the hand position's a little bit off. And over time, when you practice it, when you refine it, when you take video footage and you review that footage, you can see what needs improving and you become more efficient, okay? Number four, we have the Turkish get up. This is an awesome exercise, I really like this one. Um, It's very tough though, I find it really hard. Um, Basically, the kettlebell starts on the floor. And you lie on your side as if it, as if to be in the fetal position. The nearest hand grabs the kettlebell and with two hands, so you grab it with the nearest hand and the free hand goes on top. You roll onto your back with the kettlebell and then do a two-handed press. So the kettlebell is facing up towards the ceiling. So in this position, you are lying on your back with the kettlebell overhead, arm completely straight. You then go through a series of positions to finish basically standing up with the kettlebell. So one arm stays straight, holding the kettlebell the whole time, while the other hand and the legs maneuver you up to standing and then back down. So up and down is one rep. So the Turkish Get Up is phenomenal for increasing shoulder stability, core strength, and also improving muscle mass. So for hypertrophy, actually building muscle, it's actually really good because there's a lot of time under tension. Your arm that holds the kettlebell has to stay locked out, straight, for about 45 seconds. That's roughly how long one rep takes me. Takes me about 45 seconds. So imagine, you know, one repetition. This is not something you do for as many reps as possible, by the way. You practice one quality rep at a time. So that is another distinct uh, difference with the kettlebell. We're not working out here. We're not fucking smashing ourselves. We are not trying to get as many reps as possible. We are practicing good movement. We are learning the skill. We are getting in correct positions, or at least attempting to. So, when we actually work with kettlebells, it's called, it's more of a practice than a workout. So, if we're doing Turkish get up, uh, I had those on Wednesday. I did one each side for 10 rounds. So, I did 20 reps total, 10 each side. That took me probably, I don't know, 20 minutes, maybe a little bit, more, bit longer. So you might think, oh Jesus, that sounds boring. But like I said, this is a goal of mine. So in order for me to get really good at it, I have to spend the time to do it. There's no point me doing this complex exercise fast. That is not how you learn to be efficient. Slow, controlled, methodical. So that's number four. Number five, cleans. So uh, this is with two kettlebells, so double bells. The kettlebells are side by side laying on the ground. You sit into a deep hip hinge, you grab the kettlebells, one in each hand, you hike them up high on the groin, and you pop the hips through. But instead of the kettlebells finishing overhead or in front of you, you keep your elbow close to your body and you punch up into the handle so you receive the kettlebells in the rack, which is basically on the chest between the forearm and the bicep. So the kettlebells rotate around the arms as you receive them on the chest. So the hips drive the movement, and the hands are there basically to help receive the weight and hold it close to your body. And then the last one I'm working on is kettlebell front squat. So you need the clean to start the front squat. You do a clean, you've got two kettlebells, one in each hand, you organize your feet in your squatting stance, and you have to squat the kettlebells, keeping the bells in the front rack. Very, very demanding exercise, requires a ton of abdominal and core strength, and also upper back. So this is an exercise, uh, I do my front squats with 24s, so I pair 24 kilo kettlebells, clean, hold them in the rack, and then you've got to squat. And it's a very upright squat. You've got a 48 kilos on the front of your body, it wants to pull you forwards and down, you have to resist, so there's a hell of a lot of upper back, those postural muscles and core to prevent that forward lean. And that, that, that's really all I do. Across my training week, six exercises, snatch, So that's single arm exercise. Two-handed swing, really power-driven. This is, you know, posterior chain, hamstrings, glutes, a little bit of low back. We've got the single arm swing, which again works that unilateral movement, left arm, right arm, anti-rotation. So you're preventing that that kettlebell pulling you across or twisting your body. Uh, Turkish get-up, whole body movement, laying on the ground, get up and get back down. And again, unilateral, single arm, cleans, that one requires a little bit more skill and you have to kind of loosen the grip off to get into that rack position. And this is where I'm talking about that muscling up. If you overgrip the kettlebell during uh, doing these exercises, you're not going to finish it as effectively as possible. So this is where it requires your attention. It, it requires your focus. On the cleans, the wrists should be straight and you should be able to finish nice and tall. So like I said, there's no, we're not curling the weight up, we're using the hips to generate enough power and they always stay tight to the body so the kettlebells rotate around and go up into that rack, okay? And front squat, very, very demanding as I just kind of mentioned there. Most people, when I say I do six exercises, they kind of look at me like, oh, that kind of sounds boring. But this is what you need to kind of understand, guys. Do you want to be entertained or do you want to get results? and if I'm honest if I look back at you know all of the hundreds possible thousands of clients I've worked with over the last 12 years most people unfortunately they want to be entertained you know people they don't have the persistence to stay with something longer than fucking 2 weeks or even 2 minutes and you know there's a lot of tech- technology to blame for that but you know again we could control how much of that we sort of uh, intake but most people's attention span's really, really short. People just want new, shiny, different. But like I said, you don't wanna dig a hundred different holes. You wanna dig one hole get really good at it. So when I do my training, when I do my kettlebell practice, I record everything. I have a spreadsheet with what exercise I'm doing, sets and reps, my weight, the total load. Uh, so total load is sets times reps times weight. And I'll take notes. There's actually a grid for me to write in notes. And uh, I just want to go through a couple of those with you as well so you can kind of see um, what it is that I sort of write. Uh, so let's have a look. Cleans. This is from uh, the 23rd of the 9th. I wrote increased weight. Uh, no, that was a different exercise. Cleans, I wrote strong plank at the top. Abs. So it, needs, it means I need to focus more on my abs. Uh have a look what else have I got here. Uh, Single arm swings from the 11th of the ninth project the bell forwards not up. So the swing, both the single and two handed swings, require horizontal projection of force. That means your hips in the hinge travel forwards. We want the bell, we want that weight to be travelling forwards not up. Okay. Uh, There is one I do want to share with you as well. (laughs) This one made me laugh as well. I shared it with someone else and they had a good giggle about it. 21st of the 9th, it was a Monday. I did front squats. Uh, I did sets of five. So I did five reps every two minutes for six minutes. In the notes I have did fives, not sixes, dickhead. So basically I did the wrong amount of reps. I didn't read my program correctly. So it said, I should have done six reps every two minutes for five rounds. Not five reps every two minutes for six rounds. It's just little things, attention to detail. Uh, and let's have a look here. 7th of the 10th, uh, snatch. Felt good. Bit of rotation as, bell, as the bell comes through. Uh, more glutes, tighter. So every week when I go to do my practice, if I'm working on snatches, I'll have a look at what I did last week. And I'll review those notes. So it just prompts me on what I need to work on. This is very fucking important. If you do not take any notes or write down what you do with your training, how on earth do you know if you're progressing? I can look back at my program from when I first started and I can look at the total sets of reps and weights and notes and total load and I upload my videos onto social media so then I can review these over time. But it's also showing you guys that I practice what I preach. I don't just say it, and write it for the sake of doing those things. I actually practice and try to lead by example with this stuff. So you take notes. Just, it's it's honestly just a self-assessment and accountability. I had some things where they feel too heavy, so you've got to scale the weight back. With the kettlebell, it's very easy to uh, overestimate or underestimate how things are gonna feel. So that requires a bit of intuition to go up or down in weight or to maybe stop the sets a little bit early before you know things take a turn for the worst. So review what you do, uh, take some notes as well and read them before you do that exercise again. That's what I've noticed is improving week to week. I review, I take videos and I write all this shit down and it's working. I remember when I first started the snatch, I sucked at it, it was terrible. Felt really clunky. The bell was getting too far away from me. I wasn't holding my position. I wasn't rooting my feet to the floor, so I was kind of moving around a bit. My two-handed swings. I didn't have a deep enough hip hinge. And all this different stuff. And it's just improving week by week because it's a regular practice. Slow progression based upon long-term mastery. Think about that. If you have a goal in mind, if you want to get really good at something, you have to invest the time. You have to make that commitment to play the long game. Be in it for the long haul. For me, I am committed to my goal and becoming an expert with kettlebells. I've seen the way that some people coach with kettlebells and it's fucking dangerous. And I've seen the way some people swing kettlebells and it's fucking dangerous. And I've seen some people doing Turkish get ups and all of these exercises and the press—that's uh, an exercise I didn't list. The, uh, the military press. That's the other exercise. Basically, you have the kettlebell in the rack, single arm press overhead. It's all about creating tension and getting your body tight. I've seen people do this exercise, and just, it just—it is not good enough. The standard is not good enough. So I am committed to put myself through the paces and bring myself to such a high level, so then I can go and pass this knowledge on to other people who want to learn and be be safe when doing these things. Doesn't sound sexy, but if you're injured, you can't train. So I'm prepared to play the long game and master the kettlebell. Good enough isn't good enough. Think about that for a moment. If if you ever think, ah, that'll do, or she'll be right, or ah, that's good enough. Is it really? For me, That's where I called myself on my own bullshit. And I chose to change. I dabbled in kettlebells. I'd done some goblet squats. I'd done a little bit of this, I'd done a little bit of that, but I hadn't actually mastered it. So that's me calling myself on my own bullshit. No, what I know currently is not good enough. I need to raise the bar, I need to raise my standards. And that's why I'm committing to my kettlebell practice. And it's working because I'm putting in the time and the effort. And you can do it too. Make the commitment to become better, to become fitter, to become smarter, to become stronger, and go all in. But don't just pay it lip service. Do it regularly. And regularly means every day or every damn week. So that's all I've got for you guys today. I wanted to share a little bit about my kettlebell practice. It does kind of dovetail off into other aspects of life as well. If you don't make the time and effort to practice, you're not going to improve. It's very simple. A plus B equals C. I want to get really good at kettlebells. I want to become an expert. And the only way I can do that is by putting in the time, the effort, and the dedication to do it. So if you guys have any questions regarding kettlebells, um, feel free, reach out. I have noticed already in probably about five or six weeks that my body is changing. I feel more powerful. I feel stronger. I'm putting on a lot of muscle mass and I feel fucking great to be honest. I get excited for training now because I'm not maxing out. The weights aren't like the heaviest I've ever lifted in my life, but they're still heavy enough to challenge me. And that's that's exciting. Every time I train, I look at my program and I kind of rub my hands together I'm like, fuck, what do I what do I have today? What do I get to work on today? What do I what am I practicing? And when you get better at things, it's more enjoyable too. So when you start to think about it like that, it's like yeah, it kind of makes sense to put in that time and effort, doesn't it? So that's all I've got for you guys today. I hope you have a great day. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out. Uh, and if you're not already following me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, at Fuller Strength and Conditioning, F-U-L-L-A, Strength and Conditioning. Make sure you follow, like, tag, subscribe, and share this information around. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll speak to you soon. If you loved the wake-up call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.